1: Thanks for joining today. We've got a really interesting show planned. We're going to be diving into the dark side of the psyche. So stay with us and we'll be right back.
2: Hey, everyone. Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's ShopCharlieAndEva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, ShopCharlieAndEva.com.
0: And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome,
2: everyone, to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hello, Eva. Hello, Charles. Um, today, we have a really interesting show Um, we're going to go kind of outside our realm within the workplace but definitely not because it's all connected right it really is all connected
1: and it's it is i have read that there are actually many many of these types of people in the
2: workplace so excellent i mean we are going to introduce our phenomenal guest which we're privilege to have with us today. I would like to introduce Dr. Nicole Kelly, author of Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths. So, Dr. Kelly, are you with us?
3: I am. Thanks for having me.
2: Hey, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. That's, you know, that's a very complicated title, uh, and we really want to go into it and right before we went on the air we were just talking about it and you know you're exactly right the it everything exists in the workplace as well so uh what exactly is a sociopath f- to start out with? How's that?
3: So um sociopaths and psychopaths are people whose brains are wired differently. They do not perceive reality like the rest of us do. They've actually done studies that shows their brains are different. And they are born, and then environment helps develop, a lack of empathy and a lack of conscience. So for Uh, most of us, if we even think about hurting somebody else, I mean, we already start feeling the guilt. And they, they don't get that. They don't have guilt, and they don't have remorse. For them, it's all about serving themselves.
2: That is very interesting. Um It's almost like, so you're saying basically it's, would we say it's an illness?
3: Well, um, they don't see it as an illness. I mean, part of the definition of illness um, in psychiatry is often that it causes a decrease in function. And for psychopaths who are more on the far end of the sociopath spectrum, I mean, often it does limit their function. They're more likely to be imprisoned. 25% of prisons have psychopaths. Um But often sociopaths who have less of the um uh, tend to do well, especially in Western society and in our businesses, our government and our corporations, um, because being willing to step on the backs of others in order to get ahead yourself tends to work well here. There are actually yes. more sociopaths and psychopaths in Western society than Eastern society.
2: And I think you touched on it, and I agree 100 um, percent, and it's shocking and this is why we are here. Um, tell us uh, briefly. And first, let me just share your website. It's uh, nicolekellymd. dot And tell us briefly how you know how you learned about all this stuff. You know what qualifies you as an expert in identifying this type of behavior?
3: Well, it's kind of an interesting story because I'm actually board certified in hospice and in geriatrics. So I'm dealing with the frailest of the frail, but, um, I mean, for me, my favorite part about medicine is talking to patients and families and the business side. Um, I really didn't enjoy. And I had a nurse who worked for me who she told me she was going to take my business to the next level. If I give her control over the business side and I hesitated to begin with, but then she had an answer for every single thing I came up with. And, um, turns out this very charismatic, you know, larger-than-life nurse was a sociopath, and she embezzled over $700,000 from my medical practice, bringing me to the brink of bankruptcy. And wow. I
2: tried to
0: sue
3: her, yeah, but uh, due to our current legal system, uh, my lawyer told me I have a very good case. He thought I would win, but in cases like these, it was going to be six figures before we got to the end. She would have spent the money already, declare bankruptcy, and it would be a hollow victory. So I wrote a book instead.
2: Um, that is unbelievable, and I have a question. So you were describing this person, and she did this incredible thing. It, it Does she know she did something wrong?
3: Well, she'll deny it. Um, that's one of the characteristics. Of I actually have a twenty-letter mnemonic glimpse behind the mask that uh, delineates the twenty most common characteristics of sociopaths and psychopaths. And one of it is one of them is that nothing is ever their fault. Never. Right. They always blame other people. For them, they're always the victim, but um, they're always turning the table in any situation. And um, they're pathological liars. So, and, and lots of times they they almost seem to believe their lies. I mean, they're able mm-hmm. to kind of compartmentalize their brain and, you know, lie one side while another part knows it's a lie. Um,
2: th- it's fascinating. And once again, this is, uh, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly, author of Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from the Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life. Now, at the beginning of the show, I kind of zeroed in on sociopath because we hear that term more often, and we hear it even in, I hate to say, in the media, and I've heard that, um, dis- description for presidents, I'll say that plural, in the <laughs> past. And, yep. um, you know, Washington DC is
3: actually the number one place for sociopaths and psychopaths in the nation.
2: And yeah, it's incredible. And you were describing this the characteristics of you know not taking the blame always pushing it on others always being the victim and it's almost what you hear on the news it's almost a direct slam dunk hit on the characteristics is what i'm seeing and i'm fascinated by it because we're not sure if these people think they're wrong or they're just concocting some sort of conspiracy, you know? It's very confusing.
3: Well, and actually part of that and what you just said is part of the key, is that they are amoral. I mean they understand what society believes is right and wrong, but for them they don't have the conscience, the little voice telling them what's right or wrong and urging them to do what's right. So for them, everything is a game. And the rest of the people are just pawns to be manipulated for their personal benefit.
1: They really don't have any feelings though, right? I mean, there's no guilt. There's no empathy. Well, they, can there's... Def-
3: they, they can feel anger, rage mm. and rage, very illogical rage. A lot of the times people walk on eggshells around people with these character traits because you never know when they're going to fly into a rage. And, um, then they'll immediately be over it. Act like it didn't even happen at all. So, um, They don't respond to most stimuli like the rest of us do. I mean, most of us spend a lot of time thinking about empathetic things. We're thinking about, are we doing enough for our family? You know, how are our friends? You know, do they like me? Do they, you know, these are things that sociopaths are not thinking about. They are only thinking about what is this person's vulnerabilities? How can I manipulate them to get what I want?
2: This is probably the most valuable book I've come across because now with your book, Dr. Kelly, Charming Cheaters, um, I can understand the characteristics and then I can, I can proceed accordingly, right? So I wouldn't necessarily spend time and effort fighting against it because it's not going to go anywhere, right? They're not going to see or feel what I'm saying.
3: Right, because that's, I mean, most of us with our empathetic nature, we want to, to help them, you know, become empathetic. We want to try to cure them, but it's not possible. I mean, there, there have been studies in young children who've uh, displayed more psychopathic type, you know, violence, arson, torturing animals, that type of thing, catching them early enough and then trying to develop their empathetic pathways. But once a person reaches adulthood, this is set. This is how their brains work. And you should just cut your losses. And it, it's hard to do, especially um, they ha- make great first impressions. They're very charismatic and charming. I mean, they're, they're the, you know, so many women, as I've gotten into this and heard everybody's stories, have told me about the one that got away. And then I've watched the light bulb go off that, oh, my goodness, the one that got away was a sociopath. It was all just smoke and mirrors He was pretending to be exactly the person I wanted to be with, but none of it was real.
1: And so when you look at that nurse that you um, had in your office that then embezzled all this money from you, like what, what could you have done differently? Or are you even sure that you could have done anything differently? Because it sounds like she had answers to all your questions. She was handling everything. And it wasn't until you realized that this was all going a very different way were you able to change? You know, were you able to then sue her, but nothing could come of it because it would cost you so much money to sue her. So what, I mean, do you think you could have done something differently?
3: I do. I mean, I I mean, in hindsight, uh, I see there were multiple red flags, but I mean, what tends to happen is you make excuses for them because I wanted her to be that charismatic, the popular girl who wanted to be my friend. The, you know, she was very adept at, you know, making me feel smart and funny and entertaining. And I mean, she pretended to be one of my very best friends, but none of it was real. I mean, after the fact, I ended up hearing that, you know, she would tell other people things about me that were completely contradictory to the mask that she presented to me. But because I wanted to believe, and that's actually a big point, is that people aren't duped by a sociopath because they're stupid. I mean, I've had Mm -hmm. so much education. I'm a smart individual. People are duped by a sociopath because you want to believe. You want to, you know, take what they're selling. It's a matter of, and that's been a big part after the fact. I mean, writing the books was part of my therapy to kind of figure out how could I have been so gullible as to not see the red flags. And it's been I mean, definitely a process, definitely taking um, a nightmare and resulting in growth and a mission to educate people about a type of person who is not like the rest of us. And I'm not saying bad or evil, but they are different. They are not like us, but they know the words to say to make us think that they are.
1: Well, and that's what makes it so lethal and so hard, because unless it's almost... I may be going way off on this, but it's almost like unless you're another sociopath, it would be really difficult to not get sucked in, I would think. It is,
3: and and that's actually a big, I mean, you're not going to recognize them when you first meet them. This is something that, you know, Martha Stout has a very good book called The Sociopath Next Door, and Mm -hmm. she um, suggests a three strikes and you're out. If you catch someone who's doing things that you consider to be immoral or you catch them in multiple lies, you know, maybe, maybe someone could give one lie. Maybe, you know, maybe a second, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or something like that. But if someone three times has shown you that they are not the kind of person that's really worthy to be your friend or in your life, then cut them loose, cut them loose before you get too deep in. And even when you do get too deep in, I mean, respect yourself enough To let them go. I mean, this this has taught me about different levels of trust because I'm a very trusting uh, person. I want to believe people, you know, with what they tell me. And, you know, this doesn't mean that you can't help the person at the bus stop, you can't help the stranger. But there's a certain level of trust for those people, but a deeper level of trust. Before you let anyone have access to your money, to your children, or to your heart, they need to earn. That
2: deeper level of trust. Very, very well said, Dr. Kelly. And we're going to take our first break. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. This is a fascinating topic. Please stay with us. Corporate talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back.
0: Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone.
1: Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and today we are discussing sociopaths and psychopaths with Dr. Nicole Kelly. She is the author of Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from the Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life. So. You know we were talking about a little bit of the difference between a sociopath and psychopaths and sex we haven't really touched on the sexopaths yet, but I have read that book that you just um that you were talking about the sociopath next door I read that a long time ago, and it absolutely scared the heck out of me because it's really, really unsettling is is this because you know you came into the path of a sociopath, and one of the things that was in that book that kind of really freaked me out was the fact that a, a sociopath doesn't really have too much of a problem of killing someone they just really don't want to go to prison so that's kind of why they don't do that if they're if they were certain that they could get away with it they probably would do it if you were really in their way exactly and that's
3: that's kind of the difference on the spectrum too is that they have better impulse control
1: well, and that's so that's so the ne- actually that was really good because that was the next thing I wanted to talk about was the spectrum. So let's talk a little bit about that the sociopath spectrum and and what that means and and what the different levels are.
3: And this is kind of just a way for us to talk about this subject because in reality the researchers um, in this area are all conflicted. I mean, they're all fighting over semantics and word choices which is preventing people from understanding there are people without conscience. So a sociopath spectrum, I think it makes it, people are used to the spectrum concept, but uh, technically, to be a full-blown psychopath, you have to score a 30 or greater out of 40 on the PCLR scale. And it can only be given by a medical professional, and it takes 68 hours to complete, and, I mean, basically, it's not something that the general public is going to be able to do, and it isn't necessarily, you know, useful to them, which is why uh, something that I suggest is that for us to come up with who's a psychopath, who's a sociopath, figuring out the label isn't so important. But understanding the concept that they're people without conscience and the inability to feel empathy that are pathological liars, never feel guilt or remorse, um, that they're very egotistical and very charming, but they only care about themselves. That's what people need to figure out and where they are on the spectrum. The psychopath who oftentimes, not always, but is more violent, less impulse control, um, less able to wear the mask, oftentimes with a lower IQ. The sociopath, on the other hand, um, are often more intelligent. Often are, you know, get very high levels um, in our society in business. Um, for them, it's it's all a game, and moving higher is always their goal. Although not all of them, there actually are some sociopaths who um, their main focus is kind of a parasitic lifestyle, um, and they'll actually pretend to uh, be depressed. Because people don't expect to press people to work really hard, use that kind of as a shield, so that they can mooch off, mooch off of you and live on your couch. So that's actually another brand of the whole sociopath. And the fundamental thing is whether they have a conscience or have empathy. So, um, but that's the sociopath spectrum. Is someone who scores a 30 year greater is a psychopath. Um, But on this scale, the majority of people, I mean, you know, 90% of people um, at least would score a 5 or less. So if you score a 15, then you have three times the number of characteristics that most people have. You are different than most people. And some people would say, oh, those are just the jerks. But another potential label we could use is sociopaths.
1: Well, and I know that in business, um, one of the characteristics is, so there's, like you were mentioning, there's no empathy, no guilt, no remorse. And sometimes in business, that's actually celebrated, you know, he's really ruthless, or Mm -hmm. she's really ruthless, you know, she really goes after the sale or whatever. But there's always, Mm -hmm. there seems to always be red flags. But yet, they will get promoted, because of you know being able to close the business and bring being able to make money and really be being able to become a profit center and so corporations have tended to overlook these bad characteristics now i did and i don't remember where i did fairly recently read that this is starting to change a bit that they are starting to corporations are starting to bring people to task that yeah maybe are bringing in money but I mean they're creating all these issues with other employees and right. you know companies getting sued over it um, right so when um, you sexual you know, harassment
3: and right else. Yep.
1: well and and it just becomes you know it's just it's really just sexual harassment and then also just bullying I mean really really yes. nasty bad behavior that has no repercussions and and for the longest time had no repercussions because it was bringing in income. Do it now. Do it this way or get another job. That's what the bully says. Well, but it's even more than that. It's like behind the back, it's ruthless and it's zero, zero caring about what happens to employees. So it's really easy to then employ a sociopath to do all the cuts across the board to get rid of divisions and – in whole areas within organizations because they really don't care.
3: And actually there's a great book uh, called Snakes in the Suits When Psychopaths Go to Work
1: Uh, by
3: um, Paul Babiak and um, Robert Robert Hare um, that is fascinating and really your audience will probably enjoy it too that explains how, you know, because there is, I'm thinking, oh, well, these are the cutthroat people who are going to make the business get ahead. But in reality, no. They they actually divide your employees. They pit people against each other. It's actually a, one of the, a sociopath's favorite things to do is to get two different groups arguing with each other so that they're not noticing what the sociopath's doing.
2: mm. You're pretty slick. That's, I see it. it, And, you know, you bring it up and the red flags pop up and I see it all over the place. That's unbelievable.
1: Well, and so when you, how did you finally figure out that she had stolen this money from you and how did, how did the lawsuit come about? I mean, that must have slowly been dawning on you, but I mean, how hard to turn around and realize because I actually had this recently happen to me. No one stole money from me, but I realized that someone that I had been a very, good and close friend, who for five years had done nothing but lie about their entire personal history.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it, and then yeah, when it, it dawns on
1: you... Sorry?
3: Yeah, it's devastating. I mean, to be totally betrayed and just feel like the fool. I and mean, this is why yes. so few people even talk about this, is that they're embarrassed about it. I and mean, so, so many people don't even try to do a lawsuit because, you know, it, come, it looks bad on them. That happens in so many corporations. When they finally do the sociopath and fire them, they don't tell anybody else about it because they don't want it to hurt the corporation's reputation. But that that's part of our defense, is that a sociopath can't tell the same lie to everybody. If the empathetic people talk together, then we can expose them for their lies and take the power back.
1: And what happened with me was that there was quite a few other people that were involved that were being told the same lies. And so that mm-hmm. sort of eased the pain because if it were just me, that would have been really devastating. I would have really felt like the fool. And you're right, I wouldn't have told anyone. But, um, mm-hmm. and so that must have been a lot with you too, is here you have this person that you're putting all this trust in and then you find out that they've stolen all this money and don't really care that they've done that. Um and so I think it's I think it's amazing that you then wrote a book. You wrote you originally wrote a fiction book about it to kind of <laughs> I did. Yep. To process because what it happened. turned
3: out, <laughs> yeah, that the nurse um, and this is where the sexopath comes in. So a sexopath is a sociopath or a a psychopath with a sex addiction. So oh. it turns out while this nurse was embezzling um, you know hundreds of thousands of dollars from my medical practice. She was also on the Ashley Madison cheater site. So she was oh. dating five different married men at the same time while none of them knew about it, including her husband.
1: Wow. Wow. Yep. So when all this broke, so was, just, was that when the husband found out too? Uh, he still doesn't know. Oh, really? Nope. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So yeah. she really is and getting my, away with my a lot of book, stuff.
3: Yeah. She gets, and that's often the case. I mean, I've heard that multiple times. People will say people like that, like sociopaths, psychopaths, they often end up on their feet. And even though they cause havoc wherever they were, you never know, like in the small world of healthcare, care, where you may have to work with this person again.
1: I actually had that happen in banking. Um, we had an absolutely sociopathic CIO that then absolutely did get fired because she didn't do anything she said she was doing and it was time for the cutover and nothing happened. But then I saw her at the next bank I was consulting at, but her reputation had already preceded her and they were saying that there was no way she was ever going to come back. So, but I heard she landed on her feet and was working at another huge corporation. So you're absolutely right. right. I think
3: it goes somewhere else.
1: Well, it's just so much easier when you don't care, right? When you have, no mm-hmm. empathy when you have no remorse. I mean, those are the, those, those are the emotions that tend to hold us back. And if you don't have that chip, who cares? Just keep
3: going. Right. And they don't care about people liking them. I mean, they want their reputation to be good just in as far as they can manipulate people with their reputation. But if you don't like them, they don't care. They just think that's your problem. In fact, here's the interesting point is that all sociopaths are narcissists. But not all narcissists are sociopaths. People Mm -hmm. get this confused. But part of being a sociopath is believing you are superior. And some narcissists, they actually do end up in therapy. Some of them and are actually upset by the fact they've alienated everybody. But sociopaths aren't like that. If you don't like them, something's wrong with you that you don't recognize how incredible they are.
1: It's interesting, right, because you hear you hear those terms being batted around quite a bit, so you hear about narcissists and oh, this person's a narcissist or this person's a sociopath or that guy's a psychopath, but you're right um there are there's differences, and you have to be very careful who you label what because of just what you were explaining it's not they're not all the same um right, and I think really, really have
3: yeah. End of the day, I mean, protect yourself and your family. I mean, if if someone is displaying multiple characteristics, it doesn't matter whether they're a narcissist, sociopath, or psychopath. They are probably someone you don't want to hang out with.
1: And it's that that weird feeling you get in your gut where you're like, everything looks perfect, but why does this feel so weird?
3: Right. Yep.
1: Trusting your gut. it's just yeah, you have to trust your gut a little bit because sometimes you're in the middle of something and it seems fine and mm-hmm. but yet, you know, there's there's little subtle things that maybe aren't, you know, quite in the open, but that that pathological lying is so tough to get around because there's always an answer when everything is a lie. It's so easy mm-hmm. to get around and then when you catch them in a lie a long, long time ago, I hit someone that I caught in a lie that was a pathological liar. And then they get really angry and angry at you and who are I you do. to judge them and say yep. that about them. And and so it's...
3: And that's actually a good point, too, because, I mean, a big, you know, message here is accountability and transparency. But if you're one-on-one in a situation with the sociopath, confronting and saying you're a sociopath is not a good idea or in your best interest, because it will. They, they will slip into their you know, erratic rage, and it's going to be directed towards you. And because they don't have empathy or a conscience, if they decide that their vengeance is going to be focused on you, I mean, there's no limit to what they will do to bring you down. And they've got a lot more time on their hands. Well, and They're not worried about their family or friends. Well,
1: and when you're empathetic and you have guilt and you have remorse, it's hard to fight that because you're not going to fight mm-hmm. the same way that they will. And so it's going to be exactly. very difficult to be able to get anything done that might hurt them because a they don't hurt that easy and if if at all they don't hurt at all and you're going to have the guilt around it and feel really bad about it. Exactly. Really?
3: Yep. But um, well, don't, I get don't all this. you know? Try to fight with the sociopath because you just might lose.
2: And, and it's fascinating. But here's a quick question: Does that mean that if you try to fight with someone like that that has those characteristics and they start to get upset or concerned or remorseful that they're more narcissistic is that would Would that be a way to see the difference? You could draw it out that way, or am I being one that um, you're trying to be covert
3: <laughs> well. I mean, the fundamental thing is it's really just hard to tell. It's hard to tell when we have only, you know, what we can see in front of us to judge. That's why it takes time and holding people accountable. I mean, part of human nature is we want to believe our first impressions. We want to believe they're right. And oftentimes, I mean, sociopaths are fantastic at that. When they present evidence to us that they are not that first impression – we make excuses for them. We need to not do that. Be willing to alter your first impression.
1: Right, and it's the whole Maya Angelo when people see you who they are. When people show you who they are, believe them. No, this conversation exactly. is great. Yep. We're going to go ahead and take our second break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Dr. Nicole Kelly. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com.
2: Oof. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Segment 3, this fascinating show with Dr. Kelly, uh, Dr. Nicole Kelly, the author of Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from the Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life. And, Dr. Kelly,
1: can we get that on Amazon,
2: or do we go to your website?
3: It is on Amazon, and anybody who buys my nonfiction, Charming Cheaters, um, is entitled to a free download of um my novel. It's fictional, of course, but it was inspired by reality of the nurse who embezzled all the money from me and was on the Ashley Madison dating site. And I mean, you just uh, go to my uh, website to get the novel.
2: And that's Um right. And we'll have that up and on the website, also,
3: too. I, I also, um, for any of your listeners, I have a free spotting tool that's available on the website as well.
2: Oh, perfect. Wait a minute. You have a free tool that can help us identify the characteristics of um, a sociopath, psychopath, and or sexopath?
3: Exactly. Because that that's the key, is that at this moment, the majority of people don't even realize that they exist. I mean, they kind of get it, but not really. I mean, is at least, at least one in 25 people are on the sociopath spectrum. That means most of us are running into one every single day, but we just don't even recognize it or know about it.
2: You know, I, I, okay, so I'm going to go off topic for a second because this has just got hold of me here, you know, and I would, I'd be laying around in bed at night and I'd be trying to understand, you know, what's the most driving force in someone is it politics is it religion um you know just thinking to myself and i'm now i'm realizing that it's neither it's nothing it's it's what they're made of their characteristics in that they may not care about anything and i may misunderstand that well
3: they care about themselves
2: they care All about they care themselves about
3: is themselves and furthering their own, you know, self-interest.
2: That's this it. Book That's the bottom line have. of
3: every single thing they do.
2: Yeah. So you know, earlier you were explaining um, a couple of things. You know, sociopaths, for example, are very smart, right? They well, tend some to are. be.
3: I mean, they're are so, less than intelligent ones too, but.
2: But they deny them. Do they deny them because is it sort of like uh, climate change? It doesn't exist in their mind. <laughs> or they're making believe it doesn't exist.
3: Making believe empathy or conscience doesn't exist?
2: No, the, uh are characteristics of who they are. Like if if I'm smart enough to know what a sociopath is and I know I have those characteristics, am I denying it to myself or I'm just clueless about it?
3: Um, I mean, and who knows? And it may depend on the individual. But I think most of them have the ability to compartmentalize. So I think on some level they do know whether they've given themselves the labeling or not. um, But they know that they are somehow different. But I mean, part of the mask is denying that difference because they know the rest of us, I mean, don't appreciate that, that they're not going to fit into the rest of society um, by exposing their sociopathic traits.
2: That's incredible. I mean, you know, just to go a step further, right with myself, not too long ago, diagnosed as ADHD. And in that process, it was just clear to me that I had every single characteristic. So I had no choice but to believe it, you know, it was right there in mm-hmm. front of me. Um And, you know, when you talk about these characteristics, they are so blatant at times, and, you know, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense that is there treatment for this type of characteristic?
3: No. I mean, really, um, Dr. Hare is kind of the kind of guru in this area. Um, he is working on a study, which is very interesting, in prison psychopaths um, where, I mean, they have a high rate of once they get out of prison, they're in back in prison because they don't have guilt or empathy, so they commit more crimes. So uh, punishment doesn't really work for them I mean carrot is really what motivates them what can they get from it um, so he's working on the study to see if he can show them how following the rules of society will benefit them and see if that decreases return rate to prison but no once once they're an adult I mean the brain I mean their brain differences are the way they are
2: Wow. I mean, not yeah, to with, say,
3: though, I mean, people are still responsible for their actions. I mean, right. You can have this brain type and choose not to do evil things with it. I mean, I don't think having this brain type makes you fundamentally evil. I think it just predisposes you to do evil things.
2: But, okay, you were talking about the tests, tests that have, if you score a certain number, it means something, right? Um, right. Are those, are those official I mean, is that something that would be recognized in the industry? Yes. In the and, uh, industry? There are
3: definitely scams you could do, too. I've actually thrown out there, wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, all of the political candidates for 2020 underwent PET scan and functional MRI just to see, you know, what kind of brain type do they have?
2: Well, that's what I was Ooh. getting at. That's exactly, exactly what I was getting <laughs> at. Is that something that yep. you would be able to request and share, you know.
3: Um, I, I mean, well, I think it's a great th- idea, but um, I don't think they'd agree to it. And, I mean, the most wealthiest and powerful would probably get it faked,
2: but
1: nonetheless. Yeah, I was going to say that. I would think that they could actually, not so much the the brain scans, but if they were just taking the test, they could easily fake the test, I would think.
3: Well, that's actually why Dr. Hare's test is so um, revolutionary, is that it's not based, um, solely on um, like patient answers. Um, until his development of um, the psychopath checklist, um, it was all based on how you answered, which is fundamentally flawed in people who are pathological liars. Right. So he actually interviews family members. He interviews friends. He looks at past records. so You get a much better idea, and that's why it takes so long, so many hours to do it, to get the full picture. And if you think about it, if you're a sociopath who's not in jail, because he's mainly studied prisoners, um, you're not going to submit to this testing because it's not going to look good for you. There's no self-benefit in being diagnosed.
2: Right. You know, and because earlier you also said, you know, learn the characteristics. And I guess your book, Charming Cheaters, will teach us the characteristics Um, because then you say cut your losses. And you can, I would guess, cut your losses if that's the option that you have to, that you choose. You can cut the losses mm-hmm. that are in your four walls or in your, you know, circles. But, you know, in society in general, you can't cut that loss if that's, if that's who's in power or something like that at a higher level. Can't always cut that loss, right? That's where it gets complicated. And that's why if we it know does. the characteristics ahead of time, we can make better choices to begin with, right?
3: Exactly. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, Jeez.
2: I, no, it's,
1: it's really daunting, <laughs> right? Because as so much of what we do in society comes from, you know, like choices that we make, paths that we take can come from, you know, feeling empathy or feeling guilt or feeling, you know, whatever, personal responsibility, And if you don't have that, think about how that just opens up a whole new world. I mean, if you really just don't care about what other people think about you, what happens to them, how you treat them has absolutely no sway over you. You do not lose sleep at night. That's Unbelievable. I mean, it just, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. And then getting into the path of that is so, and as a society, we tend to think, and, and that's like the next thing that I want to talk about and it may not come till after the break, but you know, as a society, we tend to think like if we just love somebody enough, if we're nice enough to somebody, if we are, if we treat them properly, well, then they will eventually come around. But that is simply Not the case with this type of person. You're just setting yourself up.
3: Exactly. It is not true. That's one of the biggest things is because it's so hard for us to even imagine not having empathy or because we can't turn it off. It is always there. So we can't even imagine it. So when we catch someone and we realize, oh, that person's a sociopath, but then, you know, they start acting nice again, time goes by, and we forget. We forget that, hey, their brain chemistry has not changed. They continue to be a potential source of danger for you, but because it's so hard for us to remember they don't have empathy or a conscience, we'll often let it slide, only to put ourselves in an unfortunate situation again.
2: And and this is identifiable in young people as well as adults, I would think.
3: All ages. And this has been... I mean, you know, this isn't a new disorder. It has been described, um, you know, centuries ago. I mean, this is not something new. This is something that has always been around. We're just now starting to figure out
2: so, you know,
3: who they are and what it's about.
2: When you fight fire with fire, in the case of a sociopath, it they double down and they go into their skill set, so to speak, right? And... There's no way you can get through. And as a young person with those characteristics, they're constantly pounded by their parents, makes it maybe more and more and more pronounced as they get older, I bet.
3: Well, and that's, that's actually an interesting point, too. So, um I mean, people always ask, are people born this way or did environment make them this way? And oftentimes, you know, the psychopaths in prison did have rough childhoods with abuse. Uh, both physical and verbal. Um, and that's been, I mean, our empathetic nature. we're like, oh, they had a bad childhood, that's what caused mm-hmm. this. Um, but what they're they're finding is no. there is a genetic predisposition for this disorder, if we want to call it disorder because they wouldn't because they think they're actually better because of it. But you're born with the tendency to be this way. And then the environment you have, can help determine how much the genes are expressed. So if you do have a really horrible childhood, or maybe they beat you against the head, or they, you know, whatever mm-hmm. happens in the childhood, then you might be more likely to be on the more psychopathic end than the sociopathic end. Uh, but yeah, people yeah, are yeah. born with the predisposition.
1: That's so interesting. But that's another
3: thing too. You're right. I mean, because we think, oh, they're this way because of their childhood. But keep in mind too, it's hereditary. So in all likelihood, the parent that was abusing them is also on the spectrum.
1: Yeah, it's just it's almost almost never-ending. So when we come back, we're going to take our final break, and then when we come back, we want to talk a little bit about the book and then how we can protect ourselves from the psychopaths that we will undoubtedly uh, encounter somewhere on our paths. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Dr. Nicole Kelly. We'll be right back.
0: Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone.
1: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Um, we are talking today with Dr. Nicole Kelly. She is the author of Charming Cheaters Protect Yourself from the Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life. And you can find the book on Amazon.com. You can also go to Dr. Kelly's website, which is NicoleKellyMD.com. There is a free spotting tool out there for you to download and take a look at. And also, if you buy the book, if you go to the website, you can also get a free download of her fiction book.
2: I don't want to sound selfish today, yes. but what we're learning today is fascinating. And we need to promote the... Uh, gifts that dr kelly is providing our listeners because it can only help make the world a better place
1: well and so what i want to talk about now is i want to talk about the book but what i really want to talk about from the book and your experience is how do we protect ourselves because we kind of talked a little bit earlier about how you know we try to love somebody out of it we try to help them but really at the end of the day we need to just get away from them i think And how do we how do we do that?
3: For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first step is definitely recognition. And that's why, you know, the spotting tool is so important, because if you don't know they exist and know the characteristics, then I mean, you're not even playing the same game. I mean, and they're always playing a game. But um, if you can avoid them, I mean, that's obviously the safest track to go. But that's not always possible. Right. I mean, you may work with one. You may have a boss with one. You may be married and had a kid with one. I mean, there are certain situations where total avoidance just is impossible. So one thing you should definitely do is document, document, Mm. document, document. So many, many times in heated divorce cases, because oftentimes they'll go after custody of the kids. They'll they'll try to ruin the partner. Just out of vengeance, not because they're actually going to make good parents, because they aren't usually. The parents are, uh, they consider the children just possessions, but write down everything. And that way, when you go to court, that trumps, you know, the lies that the sociopath will then put forth. It also works in a business situation documenting every single thing that goes on, everything that's said, every lie that's happened, every person that, you know, and talk with other people. Because, I mean, their Achilles heel is they can't tell the same lie to everybody. So we mm-hmm. need to speak with each other because um, there are more of us than them. I mean, you know, they're taking advantage of our empathy. They're using it against us, but it doesn't have to be that way. Once we become aware and conscious of our own conscience and their lack of, then we can make the world a different place.
2: That's why we have to really learn the symptoms and how to read them so that we can do that, right?
3: Exactly, because that's the first step, because right now most of us just assume that everybody else thinks like we do. Because, I mean, you know, the way we think makes so much sense to us, but that's just not the case.
1: Well, and there's so much that they can really gaslight you, too. And if you're not fully comfortable and confident in your own self-esteem, I mean, it would be pretty easy Mm -hmm. for someone to just come in and start just playing with your head. And you start thinking it's you. And, you know, and by the time you figure out it's them, it could be way too late. That's exactly right. Yep,
3: because that's. um, and They actually delight in it. I mean, in their pathological lies and making you think you're crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there have been sociopaths who are caught in bed with another person um, and still lie about it. They're like, no, you're crazy. You're seeing things. I mean, they they make you well, question your own eyes.
1: Well, that's the that's the old joke. Forget who used to say that joke, but there's an old joke. Are you going to believe me or your lying eyes when he, she caught him in bed with someone eyes? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly that. Um so in your book, what what's in the book for our listeners? Like what can they learn from the book? So I know that they can learn how to spot one and then you also have other I'm assuming tools to help protect yourself against them.
3: Right. And it, and actually um my goal with this book was not to make it so medical and clinical and it it's not for the professional. Um mm-hmm. the professionals actually most of them don't get it either, but this book is for the general public. It's written in a way with lots of stories and lots of pictures. The so 65% of the population actually learns it visually. I mean, 50% of Americans don't read a book in an entire year. So my goal was to create a book that even if you just pick it up and look at the pictures, you're going to understand it better than you would have before. You're going to have at least a vague clue about sociopaths and psychopaths that you didn't have before you looked at the pictures. That makes it a lot more fun. Because if it's all dry and clinical and you know all this type of you know, learning, I mean, my view is that education can be entertaining, and that that's my whole goal in this book. Which, you know, lots of people were like, "What? You can't put pictures in a nonfiction book? What are you doing?" But they're not my audience. I, I'm I'm trying to reach the people um, who can benefit so much, but just understanding. There is a different type of person out there who doesn't think like you do. And if you can understand how they think, and that was actually part of the point of the fiction book. I mean, it's written, first-person first narrator, by a sociopathic sex addict or sexopath. You actually get inside her head. You can understand how she thinks because that's just it. If we can understand how they think, then we can beat them at their own game.
2: And you're a creative technique of all the visuals that are in your book is that is is that a learning tool for me am i going to visually see what i need to see which will help me well
3: absolutely i mean i I think someone could just uh read the pictures in the book and have an understanding of sociopaths and psychopaths that you know 80 percent of the population of america doesn't have jeez
1: that's really creative. Did you draw those yourself or or did you work with someone on those?
3: Um, I actually had a contest and I had an artist who won and uh, drew the pictures. But she, I actually had little sketches, which were not the greatest because that is not my talent. But um, I showed her what to draw and did the captions that then she made it look like, you know, actual people.
2: Very cool. Very cool.
1: That is really cool because you really don't have to read the book to to get the gist <laughs> of, you know, what you have in front of you. You know, like, I'm a reader, but Charlie's really not, and I think that those would really help. Yeah. You know, yeah. just having right. the pictures. And, and actually, it's so
2: quick.
3: Yep. I'm actually, because that's part of, you know, my philosophy is figuring out how many, the more senses you can bring in to learning, the more you retain. So I'm actually working on a, um, Nashville kitty country song. Now. We'll see how
2: that goes. Oh, this. Since I'm in Nashville. Oh, nice.
3: (laughs) We
1: love
2: Nashville. (laughs) We do, yes, we do. I just wish this was a a more positive, uh, topic, right? Because there's a lot of problems out there and there's a lot of things we can learn from it and I even, I even respect the way you have fun with it. You put visuals in the book so that we can have an easy time with it and learn more from it. I mean, this is great work, so great job. Well, actually, well, I do think it's positive. And laugh too,
3: I mean, I, I tried to put yeah. some silliness in there, too, because because it is such a dark and depressing subject mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, they've actually shown that laughing releases endorphins and increases the ability to learn and retain information. So that was part of my philosophy in creating the book was to bring that in as well.
2: What were you, you were going to say? it is a positive thing
3: no it is it is a positive thing
1: because what it does is it makes you understand that sometimes you run into people that no matter what you do, they are who they are, and you can't you can't get around it and so it's best to just get away
2: from it Very if you helpful, can rather than be depressed for years,
1: right, just let it go and move on because these people are not worried about you, so don't worry about them. they're yeah. actually probably going to be fine, yes, yes. Because of
3: oh,
1: that. Yep. yep. Yeah. to so be, um, you
3: know, hurt by you leaving.
1: So, did she try to exact any revenge on you, or did she just get out of your way finally?
3: <laughs> well, um, she just very recently found out about the fiction book, and um, she is actually telling everybody that um, actually I am the sociopath, and she is writing her own book.
2: Ah. Jeez you can can't do a whole lot on,
3: more because her husband based, still doesn't know about all of her cheating.
2: I don't know how that can be. In but the short time that we've spoken, Dr. Kelly, and what I've learned about your book and the characteristics, I could have almost predicted that what was she would be doing just on our conversation, right? It's amazing. Wow. Yep.
3: And it's part of the turning the tables. It's not my that, fault. Yep. I'm the victim. Yep. Um, yep. You know, don't blame me you know, feel sorry for me um she's just crazy you know that's right. a, one of the red flags too if you're dating a new person who seems better than possible you know um your perfect soulmate immediately sort of thing if ask them about their former relationships and if all the people were crazy and nothing was ever their fault that's a big red flag that hey <laughs> this person yeah. may not be presenting the whole truth
1: Well, Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing all this information. This was a great show, and we certainly just are so grateful for your expertise because we know that there's people out there running into these people every day as we are, and we now have more tools to protect ourselves a little bit better. So thank you for that. Yeah, excellent work. Thank you so much.
3: You're very welcome. I I hope it makes a difference in many people's lives.
2: Yeah.
1: So do we. So Again, it's Dr. Um, Nicole Kelly, and you can go to her website at nicolekellymd.com. The book is entitled Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from the Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life, and you can get it on Amazon. You can also get the free spotting tool on her website, as well as after you buy the book, you can get a free download of the fiction book. Yeah, so it's great. Great. Well, thank you again for listening. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week. Bye, everyone.